everybody, welcome back to Agree or Die podcast, episode 59. Do I just start? <laughs> Hi. We are almost uh, Hi. at 60, so uh, almost almost what I consider a pretty old podcast at 60. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's probably one of the longest lasting podcasts out there on the internet. Probably. Maybe. With me today is my good friend Adam Malone. And people have been clamoring, demanding to know what this black dildo is about, which is almost like a third co-host on the show at this point. <laughs> so now this black dildo is, uh, how old is it, do you think? Um, well, it would be, good God, at least, at least six years old. At I least. think seven, seven yeah. year old, seven years old. Yeah, I think for the pe- for those of people who don't watch the video and only listen to in their podcast in their car, on on the desk in our podcast is about what, how many like ten inches? But yeah, ten. It's got to be ten. About a ten inch black rubber cock, thick too, really very thick. I mean, this is a good inch, maybe good, inch and a half in diameter. Good, like good big cock, and yeah. it just sits there on our on our desk here all the time. And people in the comments on YouTube are always like, "What's with that dick?" And I just kind of ignore them because it's funny. But mm-hmm. I figure it's a good story anyway. So Yeah, well, I guess I'll tell the story of originally why it existed tell and us why, the story. how Alex came to have it. Um, there's a traditional, like a dude's cabin trip um, that I would go on. And uh, a lot of shenanigans. So I thought one year it would be great to uh, bring a like, giant black dildo uh, for the trip. I didn't really have a plan of what to do with it. So I just bought one and it was uh, it was three for nineteen ninety nine online for these like uh, black dildos. So I had three of them. I used one. I brought one to this cabin. It was an ice fishing trip and uh, actually worked out really well while me and two of the guys went on a walk like across the lake. Another one of my friends affixed one of these dildos to the fishing line that was just sitting in the water. So when the other guy comes back, he reels it up and there's a dick on it. And like, it was really funny. That worked like really well. That one was lost. Another one, I'm not exactly sure what happened to it. And then one I just gave to Alex cause I thought he'd like it. And uh, I think he does. Love it. You, uh, in the way, it, I was at your uh, apartment at one time, and then I was playing with this thing, because it was just sitting there, and then you're like, you want that? Because if you do, you can have it. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you want to, why? And he says, because it smells so strongly of this weird yeah, latex it still, rubber. It still smells like this kind little of sweet bit, yeah. rubber. Mm-hmm. And it's sticking up your room. But yeah. I said, yeah, of course I want it. It's hilarious. <laughs> so then Another one of my favorite moments of this dildo was uh, when you had your, uh, you had a ping pong tournament here. And there was a secret prize, which was this. Yeah, we really built up the prize, too. Yeah, and I remember when uh, I had lost earlier in the tournament, and then another guy, a co-worker of ours at the time, uh, I see him, he won the tournament, and I was upstairs, and he's leaving, like, with his wife. And he's like, did you know what was in that bag? And I'm like, yeah, like, I, of course I knew. <laughs> like, But he was, like, uh, very disturbed that this was the prize. And I thought he was weird, but then I thought, you know, maybe I'm the weird one. Maybe me thinking that, like, that's a normal thing. Maybe that's weird. Like, maybe, and I think that's probably true. Yeah. We're thinking that it's normal to give this as a gift for a ping pong tournament. Like, I think, that's, <laughs> I think I'm wrong on that. But I'm, anyways, happy that, I'm happy that he didn't take that home because then yeah. I wouldn't have it anymore. Yep. <clears throat> but I put it on the line on the ping pong tournament. So that's what the dildo's for. Uh, that's what it's about. That's why it's here. So now you guys know the story. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's do uh, next. Let's talk about... Recently, I watched Reservoir Dogs. 
you know the movie, Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs. Mm-hmm. The opening scene in the movie has uh, Steve Buscemi and, and friends having breakfast at a Perkins-type restaurant. And then it's time to tip, and Steve Buscemi doesn't tip. He doesn't tip. And they're like, why don't you tip? What's your problem? And he says, if the server does a little something special, you know, I'll give him a little extra, but just automatically tipping. It's, it's for the birds. And I don't necessarily agree with him, uh, but it got me thinking about how irritated I get every time uh, anybody on Facebook shares one of those fucking server stories where they're like, can you believe how little of a tip I got? Keep fucking people, <laughs> if you don't know how to, it, my favorite, if you don't, if you can't afford a tip, don't go out. Mm-hmm. Um, some shit about how the server's bitching about babies coming in and throwing crackers everywhere and whatever. It's like, you know, save those fucking stories for your server friends. How about that? It's like walking around telling poker bad beat stories to people who don't give a shit about poker. Like, how mind-numbing is it? You know, even if you're a poker player, you don't give a shit about bad beat stories. But to be a non-poker player hearing about it, you're like, just stop fucking going then. You know what I mean? Like, quit your fucking job if you hate it so much. It's so easy. But I want to just kind of go out on a limb here and say, uh, serving's a fucking easy job. You're lucky to have a job at all. Uh, It's easy. You get paid a good amount of money. Stop fucking crying all the time. That's kind of my go-to thing for servers that are bitching about how little tips they get. Is it really easy? I mean, I've never done it. Thanks for asking. I, I haven't done it. So people are saying, fucking this douchebag, what does he know? Well, I'll tell you what I know. Uh, I was a server for a long time. worked at Green Mill. Um, I was never a bartender. I know that's different a little bit, but I worked at Caribou Coffee, which is you know a serving job where I was for a lot of my youth. I worked at McDonald's. My parents owned a pizza place where I was you know essentially a server and, and, and host for many years. So I have a lot of experience. And then a lot of my very best friends are servers and bartenders. So I hear all kinds of stuff. I know a lot about serving and I've done it. And when I did it, I mean, when you say what's a hard and easy job, I mean, it's kind of like my job that I do isn't, it isn't hard. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It requires a certain amount of knowledge that you can't have unless you get it. But once you have the knowledge, I mean, I sit in an office, I sit on a chair and play in a computer all day. It's not taxing mentally or physically, you know, it's, it's fine. So serving definitely is harder physically because you're doing work, but it isn't hard. It's fucking easy. You carry some trays around, you give people food, you don't fuck it up. You get a tip and you go home. You don't ever need to do anything at home. Like sometimes if my, like if I have work to do, I have to do it at home. You know what I mean? Like I have some work I have to be doing that I have to like finish. Like I'm stressed out after work sometimes doing work. A server never needs to take his job home. You know I mean? He just, he's done. He puts his apron down. He's done. He's ready to go. In the meantime, the job itself, as far as stress goes, I mean, if, if you're stressed out by it, then you got to find a new fucking job. That's all it is. But to say that it's like you work hard and it's so difficult. But I mean, you have to be very on for all the time you're on it. Like, I mean, you need to be like really, you know, you said never fuck it up. But like, what if it's, you know, really busy and, uh, you know, that, that applies to every job you could possibly have, you know, you want to well, be I on mean, in your job and you don't want to fuck it up. Yeah. I guess I'm comparing to my job. So my job, I'm a computer programmer. My job, my job, it's like a project-based job. It's not like a performance-based job. Like, I don't need to, I mean, I could do, I could do what I do, like, in the middle of the night, or I could do it in the morning, or in the mm-hmm. afternoon, or whatever. Like, I need to kind of, like, make a, you know, you need to, like, finish your project in some kind of time. Serving, though, you just need to be, or, like, being a teacher, I mean, you need to be standing on your feet and, like, alert and responsive, and, like, you can't really, you know, mistakes are amplified and that. You don't have a chance to, like, review your work ever. Mm. Or, like, think about anything. You just, like, need to be on the entire time. I know people I know, like, they're very worn out. So I wouldn't... I mean, I've never done it. I can't say. But, I mean, it seems uh, it seems tiring. Yeah, it could be exhausting, sure. 
but I do agree that there's a major server, uh, what do you call it, pity party oh, yeah. on Facebook all the time about how, Big you know, the party. list of like a million things and like giant paragraphs of like, you're only a, you know, you don't understand it unless you're a server when you do this and like 50 things, reasons, ways I know how to act at a restaurant now that I've been a server and like yeah, all this yeah. other kind of stuff. 50 things never to do if you're at a restaurant from, from the servers, like all these fucking kind of etiquette lessons that people teach. Like, don't ever snap your fingers. Like, fuck, don't, don't tell the fucking customers how to, how to act. You know what I mean? That's, that's, not, that's not your job, is telling the fucking customers what to do. Can a customer be an asshole? Absolutely. But don't be like, maybe the guy who snaps is going to give you the biggest fucking tip until you treat him like shit for snapping at you. You know what I'm saying? Maybe like, he's like, hey, come over here, and then he gives you a 30% tip. You don't know. Like, fucking, oh, he's just snapping at me. Shut the fuck up. You know, just fucking give him, just come to his table when he wants to and just do whatever he wants. That's all you got to do. What's your opinion of tipping? Great question, Hera. So tipping, uh, this is something I talked about after we watched Reservoir Dogs with the people that I watched it with. I started talking about tipping and, and questions about it. But, uh, you know, I'm kind of upset that the, that the average, the standard tip went up to 20% all of a sudden in my lifetime. Like I remember when I was younger, it was 15% and that was <laughs> the way it was. Now it's 20% all of a sudden. Why? What do you mean it went up? Like, like the standard... I, I didn't know that. I mean, I don't you know. You didn't know that 20% is the new tip? The new 15%? No. What do you think? It's 15 still? Yeah, I guess if I, like, for instance, if some friend from another country doesn't tip came and they're like, how much should I tip? I'd say like, I'd probably say like 10, 10 to 20%, I'd say. So that's what I'd, I'd say. It's probably about 15. I didn't know that it went up. Oh, it, it did. It definitely went up. Uh, it was 15%. That was how much you tipped mm-hmm. like 10 years ago. And then some, at some point it inched up to 20% now. And that's like the new tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Somebody who works at a restaurant when you when the restaurant adds gratuity to like a big table, you know, like there's a table of nine. I feel like they add eighteen percent. Interesting. I feel, like I've, seen, the I feel like I've seen eighteen percent on one of those big maybe bills. That, maybe but, that's something. You know, just, maybe just one restaurant or something. But anyway, I, I don't understand why it had to go up because I get like you know inflation or whatever. But inflation <clears> affects the percentage <throat> of your tip in the same way, right? Like the tip is inflated. if the prices go up, then yeah, your tip should yeah. So if it, as a percentage, it's not. It's just. Yeah, just just more tip. Yeah, then. so now it went up 20% all of a sudden. So now it's mm-hmm. like not only is the price of food going up, the price of tips going up too. But anyway, so I guess my default now is 20%. But I am definitely not afraid to make a point with my tip. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. I if, if I feel like the web server was a piece of shit, I will let him know or her by tipping considerably less to a level where you get the fucking point that I'm making. You ever tip zero? Have you ever? Yes. Always a Kyoto. <laughs> and, and only ever at Kyoto, only twice, only twice in my whole life. If I tipped, if I li- literally not tipped, period. And and then when you when you also when you don't tip, you got to make sure that they know you're not tipping. That's why tipping a penny often is better than mm-hmm. tipping zero. Mm-hmm. Or if you're writing a credit card slip, make sure to write zero in to the tip line mm-hmm. so they know that you intentionally are tipping them zero. And I mm-hmm. like you whoops, you had a brain fart because they might get the wrong idea. You know, and you don't want the waiter to get the wrong idea because then he's going to go to the back and tell his friends this fucking guy forgot to tip. What an asshole. Mm-hmm. I'm like, prick, I didn't forget. <clears throat> you deserve zero. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but I'm not like, I'm not a hard ass. You know, I'm, I'm fine. You really got to kind of treat me like shit mm-hmm. on a pretty good level to get zero out of me. But I'm not afraid to go there. And I encourage other people not to be afraid to go there. The pity party these servers are having, they deserve zero tips sometimes just to be taught a fucking lesson. They're entitled little brats. They're entitled. They deserve a 20% tip. And then they bitch about it when they don't. Oh, this guy gave me 15%. Is he, was he born fucking in the 50s? Fuck off. You don't get... Tw- you're a fucking asshole. <laughs> I wonder... 
it'd be fun and would save money to like intentionally go and tip like nothing or tip one cent at as many places and just hoping that someday your receipt will show up on like <laughs> social media somehow and like hope that you're one of those people who you know like get shamed yeah gets uh and then there's other this other stuff where, where people get like like celebrities get shamed for tipping not enough mm-hmm. that's happened a couple times like a basketball player comes in and he only tips 20 percent mm-hmm. that's a billionaire it's like so what He's a billionaire. What, you deserve his money because you're a fucking server? You know? Like, I've seen that two times or something. Like, it really pissed me off. Like, their kid, they brought their kids in, left a mess, and only tipped 15%. Where does he get off, Mr. Billionaire? It's like, well, he gets off by tipping the normal amount. Just because he's got a lot of money, I mean, he's going to, like, give it to everybody else. So I've heard of these... I don't have any links to these articles. I feel like I've seen some where some big restaurants are deciding to go... No, no more tipping. Like, they don't have a tip line, and they say they're going to increase prices and share it among... The servers and the the cooks and all bus boys and everything like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. There's lots of controversy. I've had mm-hmm. many debates, or I've listened to many debates. I about hate it. This. I hate it. You hate raising prices and sharing it all. Yes, like that. Yeah. I hate it because well, uh, I, I do appreciate the honesty in pricing because then you can like you know how much you're gonna spend. <clears throat> mm-hmm. What I don't like is that that removes the incentive for servers to do well. Yep. Because you can't punish them financially anymore. So now it's like they'll be like Walmart employees, which are you know useless as fuck. Yeah, I know your I know your troubles with them. Well, yeah, but I mean you go in there and they'll just they'll they can provide you. I mean it's kind it's a communistic kind of thing. Like they can do the minimum amount of work and get a hundred percent of the pay, mm-hmm. and there's no their skin's on the game. You know, mm-hmm. I mean they can lose their job if they're straight horrible, but like if they squeak by, they'll get the same as everybody else. So mm-hmm. then there's no incentive for the good servers to stay because they're not making any more money. You know. Yeah, I mean, I'd never want to work at that restaurant as a server. Yeah, everyone else, I, I mean, if it's true, you it's actually pay more. Then yeah, I mean, phenomenal sure. for bad waiters, but definitely no good for the standouts. <clears throat> but it's interesting, you know, to to stop the bitching and stop the kind of the riot, like the sh- the infighting that goes on, like who gets what table? Because you know what'll happen is there's stereotypes in the server world. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just, I mean, the stereotypes are, you know, black people don't tip, foreigners don't tip. Old people don't tip. These mm-hmm. are like things. So if you get a table of this group of people, mm-hmm. nobody wants that table. You know what I mean? Like, oh, don't seat them in my section. Don't seat them in my They're not going to tip. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And that's kind of like, that would eliminate that because the price would just be higher. Mm-hmm. But I think that will just eliminate a lot of the, ex- you know, exemplary service as well. Hmm. We were going to have another guest on today. My, my friend Mitch, who's a, been a bartender and a server his, his entire life. Uh, he would know everything about this, but... I talked to him about it, and he says that, for the most part, what I'm saying is true, that the servers who bitch constantly about getting bad tips, it's their fault. Servers that get good tips don't bitch about it because mm-hmm. they have no reason to, you know. But I would like to have him on here, really, and, and speak <clears throat> in defense of these uh, mm-hmm. poor individuals. I mean, who's playing their violin? Where's theirs, you know? I only had one job where I got tips, and it was great. Pizza delivery. Yep. I love that job. The yep. tips are Awesome. Yeah, you get a fucking. It made it, it made it just like more. Uh, I mean, I like the you know you don't know what you're gonna get. You know, like there was a real incentive for me to like get there quick. You know, because mm-hmm. I feel like that mattered. Do a good like, work. Yeah, you know, just be friendly and like be nice. That's and then it was like fun to, you know, it's fun to like get a good tip. And like, you you leave with money, so you get that immediate gratification. Yeah, you like, get the cash right away. Yep. Every day you walk mm-hmm. with pockets full. That's nice. Mm-hmm. It made you feel like you're probably making more than if you just added up your tips to your. Mm-hmm. hourly rate mm-hmm. then you get a little check fun. which is a fun bonus at the mm-hmm. end of the couple weeks yep. yeah so 
I say if you want to be a server, become a server, but just keep it to yourself, you know? <laughs> I mean, not, not that you got a job, but just the whole finance, the whole oh, money yeah. and bitching. You know, this, what, the, the older servers, the ones that have like done it for like with the parents type servers with kids who have mm-hmm. done it for a million years, those are the best ones because they, they, don't, they don't complain ever. Because mm-hmm. they've done it for 15 years. And I talked to this guy once, you know, he, he's like an older dude who's got like two kids. And he's like, you know, these young kids come in here, they are bitching about their tips all the time. And as soon as you get bad tips, as soon as you get good tips. Uh, but at the end of the week, if you take all the days you worked and average out all the tips, it's going to be like 20% all the time. Like I've, I've done it because I do it all the time. Like I take my weekly tips and I just average them all out and it's always 20%. Mm-hmm. No matter how bad of a tip I got on Monday or how good of a tip I got on Friday, it's just, it just evens out, you know? So bitching about it is just pointless. It's just like, look at it as a, as a, as an, as a monthly rate that you get and then work on that, you know, and then just be better all the time and you get better tips. So there you go. That's my little tip for you guys. Look at it as a monthly rate. Stop focusing on the basketball player who didn't tip you enough, you fucking cry baby. What do we got next, Malone? Budgets? Is that me? You want me to do that? Or you want uh, to go to, you want to do millions? Uh, well, I think uh, million. Yeah, let's do millions. Millions is it's really short. It leads into budgets too. Let's do millions. Um, so my only beef is I the the word million and billion and then trillion. Uh, I hate the words because they're so similar and like. You hear of people mistaking them, you know, they're like, oh, how many, is it a million miles to like the sun or a billion? Or like, was this, you know, the budget of like NASA, is it millions or billions? Like, it sounds confusing and I get even forget myself with these giant numbers. Um, I hate, I just hate the words. I think there should be like totally different words that you, like you would never confuse a thousand with a million. Like, you're never going to do that. Like, how much is, is this thousand? Like, you're never going to accidentally think that was a million because the words are totally different. I just hate the word uh, billion and trillion. I, I was telling you, you know, you told me this earlier sometime. You like, told me on Facebook chat or something. Yeah. And I thought you were like, you're totally out of your mind. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's fucking idiotic. Mm-hmm. Million, billion, trillion, quadrillion. <clears throat> it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. It's a logical numbering system. Mm-hmm. How would you fuck it up and change billion to like some other word? It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But then I was thinking, well, 10, 100,000 and million are all completely unlike words. Mm-hmm. They have nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, after four numbers, on the fifth and onward, we start, we, we slip into some kind of a system. Mm-hmm. But we didn't use that system earlier, you know? Yep. Why isn't it like one-ian, hundred-ian, you know, thousand-ian, million, billion? No, mm-hmm. it's just they're totally unlike words. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, yeah, why can't a billion be a totally different word like Farkle? And then a trillion yeah. is a... Is that the word I said? You said Fargul, I think. <laughs> yeah, or something. I mean, obviously this is... I mean, nothing would ever... That's interesting. You know, there's no let me chance think, of this. Let I'm me just... think in Russian what they're like. I know. Here's what's They're interesting. the same in Russian. They're the same. Billion, million. Here's what's interesting. I'm not totally sure about this. I think in Britain, at least traditionally in the UK... Uh, billion did not so in uh, standard American one billion means one thousand millions so you got you know a, a thousand you know million dollar suitcases that's a billion I heard traditionally I don't know if this is still the case a billion in British meant a million millions but they use the same word mm-hmm. so it's even more adding to even more confusion so is if you're like a traditional I think this is British I don't you know I don't know if this is still the case or not was this from that article I, I sent you about Diablo numbers did you read that no I didn't I didn't read it all there was an article about this actually this exact topic in, in mm-hmm. about Diablo and Diablo they added like when you hit people with damage like numbers mm-hmm. pop up over their heads and they used to be like the full <clears> number right now mm-hmm. and they changed it to abbreviations but they stopped the abbreviations in millions so you hit a guy and it would say 1300 300 M Mm-hmm. You know, and the lower it'd be thousands and hundreds, mm-hmm. but they don't go above millions. They just go one thousand millions. And one of the pieces in the article is why they did that, because in some European countries, 
a billion mm, is okay. is a million 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 and not and not the american yeah. billion so for them what would be 1b is not the same as we'd interpret it because mm-hmm. for them that would be a bigger number and then also in china or something or <clears throat> in the asian countries they use different punctuations with like they use two numbers and a comma mm. instead of three and it's all fucking weird mm. really bizarre but yeah that's uh i'm with you on this yeah i just i wonder I'm, i'd be curious to find out what the biggest error ever has been mistaking millions for billions like that actually mattered i mean because you know you hear i mean i've heard of it you know just some correction in a newspaper or something where they say oh we said billion billion you know billion i wonder what has actually mattered i bet there's been some big screw-ups there was the one screw well it wasn't about millions and billions it was about metric system but oh yeah like, that's crash satellites and all they were cutting some before. some satellite lens and they yeah. fucked up cutting it because mm-hmm. of centimeter inches and they fucked it up and then they mm-hmm. cut the satellite big piece of glass <clears throat> wrong and that's too bad mm-hmm yeah, um, I support I support uh, moving from billion to a different word. Yeah, I mean, I'd be actually against any effort to actually change the word. I mean, it's just pointless. It's just totally hopeless. I think to like. Should we take comments, suggestions on what the word should be? Yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. Malone says Fargo. I I hate that one actually. I would love to. You got a new find suggestion a or no? I don't know. Dildo. Dildo. The one thousand million is one dildo. One dildo. Yeah, and then uh, Seven a dildos. thousand, a thousand dildos, which is our traditional trillion, would be called like a, I don't know, kitty cat. <laughs> Just random words. Okay, well, let's talk about. Uh, we'll move this. We'll par- parlay this right into this budget discussion because often measured in millions and millions, mm-hmm. so it's kind of a segue. This is sort of like the, the last time Malone was here. We talked about how dumb it is that companies arbitrarily have like annual margins and like they want to hit profit goals on a monthly basis even though there really is no reason for them to care Mm -hmm. when the profit came in um i mean taxes have something to do with that but Mm -hmm. i want to talk about budgets and how mad i am at those and when i worked at the university of minnesota i worked at the computer services center and they often departments would buy all new computers for like all the professors in that department and we would go and take the old computers away you know and then one of the things we noticed very quickly when I was new, I noticed that, you know, the first time I did it is uh, the computers we're taking away are way better than anything they would ever need. Mm-hmm. And the computers we're replacing them with are top of the line, like Apple computer machines. Like at the time, at the time that I did it, if you remember the Apple G5 tower, which is the big fucking heavy metallic tower Apple made, it was like a couple of years, you know, 2000, what, eight? You had one, right? Never had a G5. Okay. I had a, no, no. What we took away were G4 Quicksilvers, which are these silver machines that have these plastic handles on them. But they were very good machines. And that's the one that I still have over there, laying around. Uh, we took those G4 Quicksilvers away from professors, which were very incredible machines for checking email and doing fucking word work, you know, and replaced them with top of the line G5s, which are like what fucking studios are using to do fucking movies. You know, what I mean, these are like top of the line three thousand dollar machines. Why would they do that? You know? So I was digging around asking people who are in the university high up, whatever, and they go, you know, budget, budget shit. Like they have extra money for the technology budget mm-hmm. and, the, and the, the annual end is coming and the budget gets wiped. So they find a way to spend the money. That's idiotic, right? That's so stupid. And, and I'm thinking like, whoever's in charge of budgeting, if he found out about this, he must, he must be pissed, right? Or she, you know, like, why are they mm-hmm. wasting all this money buying 50 grand of computer equipment for no reason? But they must know that happens. Yeah, they'd have to. And they just don't care. You know, like, it just doesn't make sense to me. They're just, they're just wasting that money. You know, and what could they do with it instead, you would say? Well, I don't know. 
save it. Mm-hmm. And then possibly, you know, give it back to the university for some some way, but they don't want to do that because the departments are all separate. They're all at war with each other trying mm-hmm. to get the same money. So, okay, just keep it then. And then mm-hmm. if something really bad happens, like a building floods, mm-hmm. they can fix it. But that doesn't matter anyway because if a building floods, they'll get that money extra mm-hmm. outside of their budget. So it's just the whole thing's so fucked up where the university is just wasting their money. And imagine every department's doing the same shit. Mm-hmm. And students are paying tuition and funding this nonsense, and the money's just being flushed down the fucking toilet. You know, it's insane. And like, and the same companies, you know, like, uh, they'll come in like, okay, well, we have a budget. we got to use it by the end of the year. And they find some way to fucking waste it. Oh, yeah. I've heard of that in, uh, like, corporate. The bigger the company, seemingly, the more this happens where mm-hmm. they have the exact same thing. They have some giant budget. They say, well, you know, we have extra budget. We need to just spend it on this stuff. It's like, how waste? Like, what a waste. Keep, I mean, fucking oh keep God, it, man. I know. Like, but they can't. I mean, so the logic from the perspective of the department who wants to use up their budget is that if they don't use their budget, the rule in the company says if you had too much budget, then you don't get that next year because right. then you don't need it, which is completely true. And like, really, that's how it should be because yeah, you don't need it. You didn't need it. You didn't need to buy all this garbage. Mm-hmm. But uh, from the perspective of the department, they're like, hey, yeah, you know, we want more money than less. Like, right. I mean, it makes sense for them. It's weird because it's, it's like, like, it's the, the, the company is at war with itself. You know what I mean? It's, it's tugging itself mm-hmm. apart. <clears throat> It's like the weirdest thing, you know. It's like if you give, it's like you're giving your child an allowance, and he, but you take it away from him if he doesn't spend it. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what it is. It's mm-hmm. Like you give your kid an allowance of thirty dollars, and then you ask him at the end of the month how much he spent, and he says I only spent five dollars. You go, can you give the rest back then? <laughs> like what the fuck kind of a, what kind of philosophy is that? It makes no sense. Like why don't they just assign a budget and then let him keep it and let him roll it over? And if they want to get like all new computers for somebody, well mm-hmm. then for a couple of years you have to live light and mm-hmm. save it up and then make a reasonable purchase four years down the line when your budget is, you know, thirty thousand dollars and you finally saved it up. Or mm-hmm. get new chairs for everybody. Instead of just willy nilly getting new chairs just for fun and wasting all that fucking money. I mean I would imagine different companies do it different ways and yeah, this so and that. I mean I don't know. I was just thinking, imagine a world where that isn't the case. Imagine a world where budgets don't get taken away. You just get to keep them. Mm-hmm. So then who would, how would that be exploited? That's the, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Where's the exploitation? Where if you're the manager of the technology, mm-hmm. you're the, you're the IT guy who's in mm-hmm. charge of computers. And now I tell you, you know what, instead of taking your 50 grand away every, every year, mm-hmm. you get to just keep it and we'll give you a new 50 grand. Then I guess you wouldn't even solve the problem because you'd probably just buy a bunch of worthless crap you don't need at some point. You know what I mean? Or maybe you just have a giant sum lump of money that's like. Not then doing anything, then, I guess. Then you I don't go know. into like you go into like a hoarding mentality. I guess. I mean, I, I, I guess. I guess it would day. depend on who controls the purse purse strings of the individual department's budget. Well, in, like, I mean, let's just say it's you. Purchasing. Let's say it's you. I mean, I don't know. I... So you spend, let's just say, like on an average, like on a reasonable year when you're not dumping your money, you're mm-hmm. spending half your budget on buying new cords, buying broken keyboards and mice, <clears> you <throat> know, setting up new new users. Let's just say you're like you're you're, you're an IT guy. Mm-hmm. So you spend twenty five grand of your fifty on maintenance random wear and tear and then you got 25 left on new technology now generally you would go okay well I got 25 grand left so hey whoever raises their hand last doesn't get a new computer this this year Mm -hmm. everybody else does just because now you don't need to do that anymore so now you have 25 grand you get to keep it and then after three years you will have saved up $75,000 of spare budget Mm -hmm. so then you can do something you know like would would you how would that fuck with you? you you know what would that do poorly I mean, I don't know. Is that better? Is that or is that not really even better? 
I don't know. I guess I think cutting off budget that isn't used makes the most sense for the company. I guess it seems like there should be someone who's like not tied to the department who's like deciding what money gets spent on. Yeah. Isn't someone's like, yeah, you know, we want to go buy all these things. Like, well, no, you don't need them. I mean, yeah. And where's the other shit. thing? I mean, where's the checks and balances on like I wasting I mean, again, money it, for no reason? This probably depends on the company or the university well, and the sure, whatever. Sure I mean, does. there's you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, no, in the, uh, the show The Office, there was a budgeting episode there where they were they were arguing on what to do with their budget: buy printer or buy new chairs for everybody, a new copier. But the third option was that Michael Scott <clears throat> gives the budget back <clears throat> and gets a ten percent bonus. <clears throat> so instead of wasting the money. He gets a bonus and does a responsible <coughs> thing and gives the money back. So I don't know if companies do that or not, <coughs> uh, but that is something. But that's very, you know, that puts that one guy in a really conflict of interest position. Yep. Because he would do worse for the business to take money in his own pocket. That's a horrible philosophy. But that could happen too somewhere. Yeah. It is funny, the whole, uh, the obsession with... I feel like this is kind of probably going to go away in this future. The obsession with like the year end or like the quarterly end thing. I mean, there's big tax, there's actual legal tax reasons why this makes sense. I just feel like as, you know, the, like you can take purchases when, you know, there's no natural like dates where things need to end for like purchases or taxes and stuff. I feel like that'll probably slowly get phased out where like it doesn't make sense. You think it's like, like, it'll phase out as we get smarter as a species? Because uh, no, I mean just get more not get more used to like instant inst, instant commerce like through a computer and like that kind of stuff where maybe it does maybe it made sense in the past when you had to actually you you couldn't figure out your tax that you owed until the end of the year where you had to collect the stuff and have someone like you know I know I have a friend who's an accountant and she when it's uh, right around April, she's like working, you know, 60, 70 hour weeks, like for all clients and like doing all this stuff. Cause like they need to get all this stuff done. I don't know. It seems kind of silly to have to like say each year. You, I mean, I don't know. Why don't they just like pay the taxes they go? I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I probably sound like an idiot. I don't really know. Yeah. That is uh, I mean, they feel like they could be able to cascade it. Like your, your year end is, you know, on June. Mm-hmm. Cause April's a weird time anyway. You know, like mm-hmm. April's a weird tax day is a weird. Well, but you don't, so, yeah, there's different uh, there's there's different time periods for when companies need to report. There's like fiscal year, uh, and a, that's not calendar year. It ends at a different time. I don't know when it I is. Don't know what the fuck's going on? Here's what here's where it affects me. Why I hate it the most? Fucking days off. Official days off. You get your days off on January first, and then you need to have those stretch until the end of the year. The current the company I work for, you can't carry a single day over, and I don't get sick days either. So that means that. Basically, unless I want to risk getting really sick and then using my vac and not having vacation days left, which means I would have to take unpaid days off, like I need to save a few days to the end of the year. But then the end of the year comes and I'm okay, I'm not sick. I just need to waste a bunch of vacation days. Like I hate that. Like why we should, there should be no, it should be like just a rolling do scale you, that doesn't reset. I hate that. Do you so get much. all your days at the beginning or do you accrue them over time? Uh, it's like some kind of weird combination. I think I, I actually now we get them all at the same time right at the first. So you can now go on vacation at the beginning of the year, which right. in the past, if you accrue them, technically you yeah, can't. So January, you better not get sick. Yeah. I mean, it's like, <sighs> it's so stupid. I just hate it. Cause I hate, I hate wasting. I'm just wait. Like I took three days off along around winter, which is like a big percentage of the total days off I get. Like, just because I had them. I just had to do it. Like, you know, I had a fine time. Like, I have fun. Yeah, but you have to around. do it. You can't but yeah, I'd rather, it. like, take them off in the summer when I go do something fun. But that's irresponsible because then I'm then maybe if I get sick, I'm fucked at the end of the year. Like, It's a bad policy over there. Yeah, I mean, it's... 
It's a bad like, policy. That one I have is better because we get to keep you carry over. We get to carry over up to a limit, but it's like you know a big one. What is it? Uh, I don't remember. It's like like two weeks we can carry over. Mm, nice. So we can yeah, store them. And just yeah. See, play. that would solve my problem. That would solve my beef. Yeah. But if you get like if you have two weeks in the bank, then you can't store anymore after the year restarts. So then you have to use them up. Mm-hmm. One of the one of our big like our older older guys at the company, you know, he's like been there for a million years, but he has accrued so much PTO mm-hmm. that he can't even use it all like reasonably. Mm-hmm. So he just takes every Friday off all year long. Mm. Like he just automatically gets every Friday off. Oof, bad move. I take Monday. Yeah, I would too. Why do you take Friday off? Because uh, I don't know why he does it, but mm. he like he's just mm. uh, that's how much PTO he has. Where he he t- he's got so much in the bank and he gets so much every year and he's got like so much stocked up. He just takes up every Friday and still has enough to like go on vacations even after that, and just works four day weeks. Mm. Yeah, I mean, he's like a nice. Gonna, I feel like he can retire anytime he wants. He just doesn't. But that would be fucking nice, wouldn't it? Every Friday off, three mm-hmm. weekends. That'd like be like said, I'd rather take Monday. I, I would take Monday. Mondays, too. but that would be my ideal. <clears throat> my ideal uh, working situation other than not working at all would be would be three day weekends and four day weeks that'd be so perfect mm-hmm. you know that'd be perfect that's what I want why can't we just do that because no one listens to this podcast yeah, come on guys <laughs> share the pod if if you share this podcast I promise you we'll have 40, 40 work weeks alright we'll take a break and then be back with more hot topics you're out of there we're on. Yeah. All right, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. Let's change we've been, gears. We've been talking about very uh, concrete, you know, real things. I want to get a little more philosophical. Yeah. So I'll tell a little story. I love stories. So in the past, um, I guess this was kind of a while ago now, say 10 years ago, um, I really was into baseball. Like, I liked watching, you know, I live in Minnesota. I really, uh, you know, was a fan of the Minnesota Twins uh, MLB team. I'd like watch as many games as I could. I'd like read all the articles about them. I'd, uh, you know, I just really cared. You know, I played all the video games. I'd like read blogs and do all this stuff. Like I just, I just liked baseball. I was really into it. Slowly after that, I just kind of liked it less and less and less. Like now I don't have, I have zero interest in like watching a baseball game. You hate baseball? I wouldn't say hate. I, I, yeah, I don't want to watch a game. I don't care how the twins do. Like I don't, you know, going to the game is kind of a fun thing to do. I know you don't agree, but you know, it's kind of a fun event, but I just don't, you know, I don't care. Like I don't like baseball anymore. So I'm just wondering like, like why did that change? As in, I didn't sit, you know, I could think of a bunch of reasons right now why I don't like baseball. I could say, yeah, it's boring. Like, you know, it's uh, just dull. Like there's not that much variety in the kind of things that can happen. Like, you know, I've seen the same, you know, I could make like reasons I could justify my like or back when I liked it, I could say, yeah, you know, I like the tactics and stuff and I like the, you know, the one-on-one aspect of the pitcher versus the batter. I like how it's like a turn-based sport, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I could say, you know, or I like, you know, whatever, I like this particular player. I could come up with reasons why I like or dislike. But regardless of that, that's not why I'm liking or disliking baseball. Like there's something else inside me that's like liking or disliking baseball. So I'm just wondering, like, what other kind of things do I like now? Like, are, what what's safe? As in, like, who's deciding what I like and what I don't like? You know, or like, what even extended, like, what my opinions are about this, you know, or this or that. Like, what's going on? Like, I'm not, like I said, I didn't decide to like or dislike baseball. I just started, I changed. Like, what's going on? Like, who's controlling, you know, who's really at the controls of me? Like, 
Is there some kind of thing like it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna like baseball and like love pizza and like this and that? Like, I mean, what's going on? You know, like, I don't know. That's interesting. Just yeah, I mean, it, you, you, when you're you're bringing up an interesting, uh, you know, it, it is interesting philosophically when why things click at certain times, you know, and that to me, uh, being being vegan is a thing that brings to me like mm-hmm. I, everything I know now, I knew before, mm-hmm. but at some point it it made me. It clicked somehow where it just changed something about me. And all of a sudden now I changed my life. And in your case, it's, you know, baseball. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things. Like all of a sudden you like something or, you know, video game you love. Like I like chess a lot. I was really into chess. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm bored of fucking chess. game sucks. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? You know? It wasn't really because I started losing. You know, that, that didn't happen. I was like, mm-hmm. I was playing the same level of chess I always played. And mm-hmm. I just lost interest. Mm-hmm. Every time I thought about chess, I'm like, eh. You know, before I was reading books about it. Mm-hmm. Like what? That's a weird thing. It is weird how that happens. I mean, there's a lot of variables that too many to count probably in your life. Like something, maybe something more, just something more interesting come up that you started spending your time on. I mean, yeah, probably. Like, I guess I'm always, but I, I don't, that's not necessarily why I stopped liking a it. Lot, I mean, I've noticed that a lot of things when I, when I do something habitually and then I stop doing it, mm-hmm. then it just drops. <laughs> it's almost like you realize that you don't actually like doing that thing and you mm-hmm. only did it because it was habit. Mm-hmm. You know, like every night I would play, you know, Civilization. And every, every night when Emily went to bed, I would play my Civilization game for two hours. Mm-hmm. And that happened. And then, like, for some reason, let's say, you know, for four days, I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't play it. And then on the fifth day, when I could play it again, I just didn't. And then I didn't ever again. You know, for and then years went by, I never played the game. <laughs> and I really was into it. It's not that I hate the game, but it's just kind of you realize that you just don't like it that much. <laughs> is that what it is? Maybe you got in the habit, like you were culturally into baseball because you have friends that were into it. You talked about it a lot, and then all of a sudden it just drops. I did, but the thing is, my same friends who did like it, they still like it. I mean, my buddies who, Hmm. you know, who I'd like talk to about it, like they still like it. I mean, I don't know. I just wonder. I mean, just wonder, like, what what is determining what I like and not? Hmm. I mean, because I think it's definitely not my own conscious self, as in. I mean, I don't know. I don't think... How much... Do you have control? Like, could you just decide to, like, like a movie or something? Like, no. Like, never. I mean, you could never just, like... I don't think it's possible. You know, it's one of your big jokes, right? Where you, like... You make a bet where you have to stop liking something if this isn't true. Like, you can no longer yeah. like football. Yeah, I remember doing that in a... Uh, when we'd play ping pong at work. I remember we would put that as stakes for... Uh, yeah, like, if, like you, if I win, you, you can have, no longer like a certain thing yeah, that like, you like. Yeah, like, you don't like the movie Pulp Fiction, like, after this. Like, I mean, it's absurd, but, like... You have to like. I mean, uh, I think if I you know. did that, if I really, if you did that, and I really had to take that to heart and like argue against Pulp Fiction or whenever Pulp Fiction came mm-hmm. up, I had to take the side of that movie's bad. <laughs> if I can convince myself that really is a bad movie, mm-hmm. like if I really embraced that <clears throat> position, if I could just, you know, I mean, I love the movie, but if I could just tell mm-hmm. myself it's bad and like just go with it, would I convince myself that it's bad? Probably. I mean, I think over time, I think you could. Yeah, I think you would consciously. This is another interesting. I had this conversation with my friends a long time ago. Like, could you intentionally implant a false memory mm-hmm. to yourself mm-hmm. where like you knew it, like, uh, the example I gave and now I'm, I feel like I'm resetting my clock of implanting this false memory. The false memory I chose was that I got a hole in one golfing mm-hmm. at one, a particular course with one particular buddy on one time. Like we talked about this and I said, uh, yeah, I'm like, I'm just going to say I got a hole in one on this one course and I just kind of keep repeating it. And wonder, maybe someday when I'm old, will I think I actually got the hole-in-one or not? Um, I mean, so far it hasn't worked at all. I mean, I know it's I think for, this for sure works, lie. right? This is one of the big uh, the big things that, like, interrogators do and torturers and shit. They mm-hmm. do that. Like, Picard's There Are Five Lights mm-hmm. situation. 
Like that mm-hmm. is a real. I think that's a real thing where think, you just yeah. you make somebody believe something that's false. Or like the yeah the the malleability of like memory. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really. Or they say like each time you remember something, you're not really remembering it. Like a tape playback, you're kind of redoing it. So if you make an error sometime, it kind of like increases, and eventually you can remember something totally different. That that's I guess that's a pretty that's, proven. That's weird shit, yeah, that's, man. We don't know how our brains work yet. No, we don't really know what the fuck's going on in there. It's not like it's not really like a. You know what's what's weird? This I don't know how even if this is a weird thought or not, but it's something that trips me out a lot. Is how we can make all these cool machines. You know, like this computer is really cool. It I can't possibly comprehend how it works. It's insanely complicated. There's Wi-Fi. How Wi-Fi works? No fucking idea. Like it does something over the air that you can't see or touch, and it transfers data. It's insane. But is it? What's more complicated and impressive? This or like an eyeball? You know, like... Probably the eyeball. Like, our organic... Like, our being... I mean, we have no idea how the brain works. We don't know where consciousness comes from. We don't know, like, what makes us different, even though our brains Mm -hmm. are similar. We are totally different people. Why are we different? You know, like, the whole thing's fucking weird. Our eyes are super complicated. Our eardrums (laughs) are super complicated. You know, like... Our technology is... is, Does a good job. And we can make, like, this is possibly an ear. You know, this microphone Mm -hmm. is an ear, in in a way. And a camera's an eye. Mm -hmm. But, like... We've just recently come up with that shit. You know, like, our eyes are so mechanically complicated mm-hmm. for being, like, cave people had eyes. You know what I mean? And it's kind of, like, weird to think about how mm-hmm. complex shit is that we can't even... We're just barely scratching the surface now about mm-hmm. how, how it works. It's crazy. Eyes are really sick for their their very variation in focal lengths. As yeah. in, you can... Fo- I mean, I can focus on this really close or, like, off to infinity, like... And it's auto. Like, it's auto... They're auto-focusing... Yeah, it takes a camera for even my phone takes forever to yeah, fucking figure I mean, that out. It's awesome. Also, have you seen or read or seen a website where they have all those optical illusions and stuff? I've seen optical illusions. I don't know about that website. Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, but uh, they, they say you're... The, the actual amount of... You know, you look you look and you think you're getting this giant, like, huge... Res, like, giant resolution picture, which is how you think of it. Like if a our camera. site was a TV, it'd be a really big TV. Right, but the thing is, like, your your brain is like interpret is filling in so many more blanks than you can even imagine really? in that. Where like it's not really the resolution. If you you can't quite compare it to like a camera, it's like your brain is filling in like an enormous. How do they of test blanks. for that? Because these weird kind of optical illusions where they show there's a I you got a you got a link for that? I'll put it in. Ugh, boy, I'm would really need to dig to find this one but they have the thing the website was like writing about all these ones and what each individual illusion proves and like how it shows your brain is filling in all this kind of information and stuff hmm. but that's yeah your brain is doing a lot of your seeing you don't really have like a awesome plus it's like i guess they say it's upside down have you heard that I, they, yeah, they say your images come in like if you just trace the light it comes in upside down so your brain's like just doing yeah because right. of I mean, because they come in like this right yeah but then like I don't know and your brain's to flip it you know what else is weird your nose is always there in your eyes but yeah, you you're ignore, you ignore it your brain just ignores uh-huh. it all the time yeah it just says it's not there because it's not important it's mm-hmm. so like it's, if you look at it you can see your nose it's right in your fucking face mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it close uh, one eye it's like, yeah it's like oh, but you never ever notice it because you're just mm-hmm. so like you just ignore it that's weird so what do you how much control do you think you have of things you like. I mean, it's so hard to say, you know? I mean, I can definitely make myself get into things. I can definitely make myself hate things. I know that's, those are true. I've done both, you know? Uh, 
I can't really put my, th I mean, there's just so many variables to talk about, you know, like, uh, I would say probably something else filled the void that baseball was filling for you. Okay. So you think you have a constant amount of like interest that kind of has to kind of, yeah. Like you have a finite out. amount of interest that needs to be satisfied. And then if something else comes up, like all of a sudden you really want to learn PHP and that, <clears throat> mm -hmm. that satisfies the itch that baseball did of like some kind mm -hmm. of, a, and it's hard to identify what is an itch mm -hmm. and what exactly you needed from baseball. But maybe now you're. You know, I mean, that's what I would say is something else took over that mm -hmm. need. And then that everybody has like stuff they got to do to satisfy their, their cravings. Speaking of sports, uh, in, in the office, so we did a, a football, pool. Fan, fantasy football pool. Mm -hmm. And I went in there mm -hmm. and I talked to all my friends who care about football and asked them what the, what's like to predict the future for me. Mm -hmm. And I am currently tied for the lead with the other guy. Mm -hmm. And he, we have the exact same picks. Mm -hmm. So we are, we went down to score. So we're on score for the final, the, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, we both picked uh, Carolina to win. So even if Carolina loses, it doesn't matter. Like we're just based on score. So I'm 42 points and he's 46 points. And is that the sum of both team scores in the game? Yes. Okay. And, and the 42, 42, and he's 46. 46. What do you do if it's 43? Is it Price's right rules? Price's. From what I understand, it's Price's right rules, but I might be wrong. Okay. But I, somebody, Mitch, Mitch talked to Mitch about this, and he looked up the Vegas line for me, and the Vegas line is 45 points. So we're like right on there. Okay, and it's pretty intense. So are you gonna watch the Super Bowl? Uh, I thought you know, actually, how much money's on the line? Uh, Sixty-five bucks for the winner. Okay, uh, I actually could watch Super Bowl, and I think I would have fun watching it now because I would just. I, I, it's funny because I'm rooting for both teams to not score. Uh, yeah, right. I want the lowest right. score possible. Yep, yep. So I'm rooting for both teams to do terrible, and I think mm -hmm. that's like super funny. Mm -hmm. Like every time any team scores, I'm like, God damn it, fuck! Mm -hmm. And I think that'll be really fun to watch that game. But I probably I don't even know when it's on or how to watch it. Like it's I'm on so, this Sunday at night. I'm so I, I don't have cable. I mean, I don't know. Can I stream it? Probably no. Uh, C I, CBS or whatever probably doesn't want you streaming it. I don't know. If it's probably I probably can't. I bet yeah. I can watch like a blo live blog update. You'd think they'd do better to stream it than not. Do you have an like? Do you get regular TV? Do you have an antenna? No. Okay. It would be on that. I mean, I don't. I just care so little about football. But actually, I think yeah. if I watched it, I actually would care because like I would just be so. Yeah, I mean, you can just have the website up there. You can get just the score. I probably would just be surprised when they give me the money that I that I want. Maybe this will open up a new. Maybe you'll start loving NFL football after this. <coughs> oh, spill the tea on my fucking sweater. Oh, buddy, that's bad. Let me tell you about my dry cleaning story. Which I'm so upset by. So there's this Russian guy there on the dry cleaner that I use. And they pick up your stuff and bring it back. It's all delivery based. From your home? <laughs> uh, yeah, from your home. So you call them and say, you know, I'm ready for a pickup. They go, okay, we'll come on Wednesday. So you drop this bag off on your front doorstep. They come pick it up. And then two days later, they bring your stuff back. It's, yep. it's amazing. I recommend everybody gets in dry cleaning if they have a service like this. However, my Russian friend who, uh, you know, well, it's my dad's friend who owns his business. He sold it about a year ago. To another, to an American guy. And now their service is fucking garbage. And I'm really unhappy. And I'm super pissed. So the first time I called and a non-Russian person answered. I was like, oh, they hired, you know, some whatever. But then it turns out they were just bought by somebody else. I gotta seize. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, whatever. So I submitted my shirts. Submitted my shirts. And I have exactly one shirt <laughs> that I got it for free. Full disclosure, I got the shirt for free as a promotional item to promote their brand, but it's a $200 shirt. Mm -hmm. I got to dry clean because I'm afraid of washing it because it's an expensive shirt. I don't want to damage it. <clears throat> I get it back and the buttons are broken because mm -hmm. they use like a big press to like press it, you know, mm -hmm. and they, the buttons are shattered. 
Like, they're still there, but they're all cracked and broken, and they're, like, hanging mm-hmm. out by strings. So I call them up, and I'm like, the buttons are broken, the shirt, you know, upset about this. You know, but I'd like you to put new buttons on, you know. He says, yeah, of course, you know, put new buttons on. So just next time you do the dry cleaning, just make sure to put a note in there that says, fix buttons on this shirt. So then three, three months later or so, uh, when I'm ready for another dry cleaning load, I shoot it over there. I give them the note. What do I get back? And this shirt, by the way, has never been worn. I didn't wear it because of the mm-hmm. buttons. You know, I'm like, you don't need to wash the shirt. Just just fix the buttons. I get them back. The buttons are – the shirt's been dry cleaned again. There's more broken buttons, and two of the buttons are now gone. Like, they've been smashed off the fucking shirt. So I call them again. This is now, like, a couple days ago. I say, you, the fucking, you didn't fix the buttons. You ruined the buttons more. You rewashed the shirt for no reason. You charged me for it again. The buttons are still broken. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Why don't you put it, put it in? We'll pick it up tomorrow. We'll fix the buttons for you. I'm like, okay. So I put it out there. I come home from work. The bag's still there. They didn't come pick it up. Mm-hmm. I'm never going again. I'm going to call them and let them know that I'm never going to fucking go again. Did you try uh, Twitter Rage? This is such a small company. I don't think they have a Twitter mm-hmm. account to mm-hmm. rage on. Speaking of Twitter Rage, by the way, I'll let everybody know. This is, I've said it before. I'll say it again. The best way to get what you want from a, co- from, a, from a company is to rage on Twitter. My batting average on getting what I want from Twitter is 100%. You know who the last my last victory was against? Fucking Principal Financial Group. Oh, I saw that one. I called them. A, I was. I, I called them a million times. They would not fucking satisfy my needs. As soon as I raged on Twitter, the CEO of the company sent me an email, or his assistant. It was his signature. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. the guy who runs the place sent me a fucking email. Says we will take care of this right now. Hmm. And they took care of it like that fucking hour. And they, they called me and they said, call us. You know, I called them and they say, mm-hmm. we're really sorry about your problems. We're going to circumvent whatever the problem is, like whatever form is fucking me up. They're going to just pretend I did it and satisfy my needs. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. After many days of phone calls and tires Plus, Taco Bell many times over, mm-hmm. like just see the other videos for those. Yeah. Rage on Twitter. <clears throat> it's amazing. I tried, uh, I did, I didn't rage. I actually tried on Twitter. They didn't, uh. Got no response, but I sent a Facebook message to a company that I was having a uh, mm-hmm. need to smell with, and uh, the person got it taken care of within like a couple of days. It was uh, quite good. Highly suggest social media. Social media. Social for, media absolutely works for because like people look like this guy said he wasn't even in the like accounts department, but um, he's like, yeah, I'll get this taken care of for you, and then he actually did within like a couple of days. So oh, and really uh, works. Um, fucking um, Directv. Mm-hmm. That was my latest victory. No, that was my victory before principal, but. DirecTV was – I got in this bundle with CenturyLink and DirecTV to get like faster internet, whatever. The whole thing fucking fell through. I canceled CenturyLink. DirecTV, it turns out their cancellation period is three days. So like it took me that long to figure out what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like locked in for a year contract of $75 a month paying for satellite. And I tried everything. I tried calling them and they treated me like shit on the phone. They told me, I too bad. I signed the contract. Fuck off pretty much. I raged on Twitter. They fixed it. Mm-hmm. They like rescinded my contract, refunded me all the money I had paid previously, mm-hmm. gave me a $9 rebate. Like I got $9 up after the deal. Like they just sent me a check for nine bucks for some reason <laughs> and then fixed all my problems. Mm-hmm. It was incredibly amazing. Do you think they look into how many followers you have before they care? I think not? they, I think they probably, they probably must because I mean, maybe not, but they probably do. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Cause I, I mean, I don't have a live like 2000. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like not not a hundred, but not a million. You know, 
So in the grand scheme of things, like if Kanye West had a Twitter rage about DirecTV, like that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's a serious problem for them. Whereas if 2,000 followers, me. But I do have more than like the average Twitter user, I think. Mm-hmm. So maybe they do care. I don't know if it's... I would need somebody else to compare my results with. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend trying. It definitely gets attention. It works. Yeah, there's a lot better outlets or a lot better... Uh ways to reach a company than phone i mean phone's pretty horrible in it's, a lot it's of cases bad. like you, i mean you're on hold and then like you know they the, treat you like shit on the phone usually, my my usually. my track record on phone calls is bad yeah usually but on twitter it's great i actually had a good customer service experience calling uh yeah, they said customer cervix cut no customer service experience <laughs> calling um the it was whoever issues u.s united states passports so i think it was the state department but i don't know exactly who i talked to but um my passport got, I filled an app, I needed to renew my passport and it got rejected. So I called and it was confusing. I couldn't understand the letter why they said why. And then she pulled out my file and she's like, oh yeah, you know, it's probably because you use blue ink and not black. I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, it's a government. <laughs> but she's like, that really was like, it was, it was confusing to me what it said, but she's like, yeah, this is probably why. Moral story blue ink and not black. black. Ink. And I guess it said that on there and like. When in doubt, use black ink. I mean, I, yeah, I suppose, but it seems kind of silly, but I don't know. She was very nice and, I, you know, got the problem taken care of very quick. I mean, I had to fill out another application, but how annoying is that? Well, okay, what do you think about this one? Uh, should the government be able to scan all images posted to social media for illegal activity? Yep. Do they not do that now? Uh, I'm not sure. What, what do you mean when you, like, like you're saying if... They build a machine that will just scan Google, like Google Images or Instagram or Twitter. Yep. For every, they will auto scan every image and flag, kind of like like the alleged terrorist email readers sure. that read for you know jihad, mm-hmm. uranium, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they just flag them all. Like mm-hmm. same thing, but with images. Mm-hmm. You're asking me this? Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. They should. Fuck yes, they should. Ugh, are you kidding me? Well, I'm not kidding you at all. If they, they there's an image of illegal activity that's against the law, this is a tool they can use. To enforce the law. Like, what's wrong with that? Well, the, I mean, the Constitution. All images that you are... When you say all images, you're publicly shared images. I guess, yeah. Not like they're not going to your home getting your images. They're images you're posting on Facebook, on Twitter. You're sharing them willfully with the public. Okay, what about a text message image you send to someone? So you send, I send you a text okay, message okay. picture of me like... With a, a one ounce of marijuana or something like that. Okay, then no. Then that's, no. That's your conversation you're having with somebody privately. Okay. If you're posting it on Instagram for the world, tough luck, pal. What if your Instagram account is not set public? I don't think any are. Well, what if you're set private? Then they then they wouldn't. They should be able to scan that. But what if they make an what if they make an agreement with Instagram that says they can scan all everything public and private for this activity? Then I would I would I would that's an unconstitutional thing to do and I would oppose it hmm. but as far as them scanning like images in general that are publicly available I think that's a tool that they should be using mm-hmm. to solve to solve crimes and <clears throat> catch drug dealers and whatever the fuck they're doing catch arms dealers eliminate political dissent yeah I mean you know they're, they're you're getting I mean you're you're alluding to an issue where they're going to misuse their power which they can do now definitely with all the stuff they can do now mm-hmm. but you're also what you're doing right now is I mean you're opposed to this obviously um, You're saying this is insane. This is well. I mean, I think I actually agree with what you said. If it's a completely public thing, I think yeah, they should do that. But if it's a private communication, I think that should be protected just yes. as anything else. And I agree. But they allegedly do scan private emails for allegedly for bomb 
dealers and jihadist organizations, shit like that. I, I heard that. I've never had it confirmed, but I don't know. If you like talk, you start emailing about bombs and bombs and shit like that. This, like mm. you get FBI's coming to you. You know, mm. I heard that. But it's important to to not try to you know limit law enforcement and say they can't use technology to their benefit. See, I think that's. I, uh, I, I take the opposite view. I think it's. I think it is important to limit them and what they can do, because I think that any additional powers that are granted. But will... this isn't. This isn't a power that's being granted to them, though. This is them using technology to do their job better. Yeah, you I know, mean... this is them. Like, if this is one of those things, like, okay, can, what if we had a camera at every intersection that would stop people from stop stop signs? Some people would be like, that's, I don't want them looking at me fucking running stop signs. Like, well, okay, don't run stop fucking stop signs then. You know what I mean? Like, if they can cheaply build cameras that will do the job of an officer standing at an intersection, and then that officer can do real crime work, and then a camera can catch all the people running stop signs, that's, that's law enforcement. They're not gaining any additional power. They're using technology to be, do more efficient work. That's great. Okay, what if they use the, what if they use, so I know in the UK there's CCTV cameras everywhere, way more than the US. Sure. Uh. So what if, for instance, what if there's a case against someone, say like a drug dealer or something like that, and they look at all the CCTV footage that they've recorded and they said, oh yeah, we saw, here's the license plate, we saw him here, we saw him in this camera, and that like makes the case against this person. They weren't, they weren't tracking this person, they're recording everything. Is that, should that be fine? I mean, should they be able to use that in Is every that case? Is that person a criminal? Well, what if it, what if the evidence, what if the, the turning point in the court case is whether or not they can prove they were this part, this spot on this day, and for the evidence they use for that is the CCTV footage, which you say is just you, yeah, you know, up recording for whatever. I mean, but they're not like following this person. I mean, is I that okay? I yeah, I don't see that as being as. I mean, it, the alternative of that is a criminal, like they can't prove a criminal's there because they don't have evidence that he was there, and then he doesn't get to go to jail because they didn't know he was there. But then the camera accidentally caught him. I mean, good, right? That's good. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, more. I'm, I'm in general, I'm for less powers for the police. Period. No matter what, I'm for them having less power. I'm for more criminals getting off with crimes. I'm for. I'm in favor of the guilt. I'm. I would rather have the guilty go free than the innocent go to jail. But generally, more information for the from the police standpoint would would reduce the amount of innocent people going to jail. I would. I would say. I mean, I don't know that. But what if it's a so all right in that situation? Either they have the camera footage, which had which was not looking for this person or not. Okay. What if that's the evidence? I mean, that's, it, let's this, say it was a flimsy case to begin with, but then they see this camera footage and they say, "Yeah, this person was here on this blog at this time." I mean, does that I mean, like? You're, you're, I suppose maybe it makes it more likely. I just mean you're I painting a very you're painting a very specific case. You know, and I mean, maybe that's a problem in that case. But it's if, if it's if it's circumstantial, like this guy happened to be at this intersection and he matches the description of a drug dealer, so he must be the drug dealer. And if that if the case goes bad and they misuse their power and fucking convict the wrong guy, then shame on them. But as far as like, well, because that's a possibility, they can't use the technology of cheap cameras at every intersection. I think that's very defensive and 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 harmful to society. You know. I think in general, if there were cameras everywhere, like here's my here's my ideal police enforcement, okay? And this is like, you know, I'm sure for you it's over the top, but every officer wears a camera all the time on their chest that records everything they're doing. Every police officer car is 100% tracked all the time via GPS, and they have a dashboard cam that's always on. 
every intersection or important highway, like like speeding trap or whatever the fuck, those are all have cameras on them, all the time. That way, there's so much information available, visual information, like indisputable camera information. Indisputable. Well, you say unless or, I mean you're saying they're gonna doctor it up. I'm saying there's still interpret. I'm saying video evidence is not indisputable. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll re- retract. Video evidence, a video visual information of, of all, tons of it. So that, that will, in my opinion, greatly reduce the amount of fa- false accusations, false, uh, you know, detainments, because everything will be out there. So if an officer says, I pulled this guy over because he was swerving, okay, show me the footage. Was he swerving? He wasn't. Officer's fucked up. You know what I mean? Then the guy's like, well, he was here, he was here, he was here, then dealt drugs over here. All right, well, instead of assuming that happened, or, or, or relying on, you know, testimony from witnesses, which is very, uh, you know, shaky. They have camera footage. Well, the camera saw him here, here, here. And then he was definitely talking to somebody. And then they passed, they passed a package around. And then, okay. Then they got the next guy and he had, the, he had drugs on him. Well, that makes it very likely that he got the package from the first guy. You know, like instead of saying, well, uh, somebody saw him and he had a conversation. I mean, it's just reliable information. The more of it there is, the better law enforcement will do. I don't feel like it would it would increase the amount of corruption and and uh, abuse. I feel like it would decrease the number of falsities and, and nonsense. That's how I feel about it. Don't you think? I mean, I think building up like building up that massive data collection infrastructure and system just makes abuse easier in the future and like suppression. Well, how do you imagine political dissent? Well, yes, you're totally right about political dissent suppression being easier. Yeah. You're right about that. It, but but it's like well, kind of what you're saying right now is if there's a group that wants to overthrow America, the America's government, mm-hmm. you want them to have the ability to do that. That's kind of what you're saying right now. The Constitution wants them to have the ability to do that. I mean, that's it's, it says so much. I mean, it said number two is you number one number one amendment or number one in the Bill of Rights is you can say whatever the fuck you want. Number two is you can have guns in the case. I mean, the in the interpretation is if if you don't like the government, you kind of have. That's where I really wish Yuri was here. I really am interested in this constitutional. I mean, like, is that legal? I mean, it's not. I don't think it's legal to I mean, say you want to overthrow the government. I, just wonder, interp- like, I mean, you're. I think you're interpreting that that way, kind of. But I think that's kind of what. I mean, I don't know. I just you're interpreting it that way. But it's like if you live in America and you like America, which I do. Okay, mm-hmm. and if a bunch of fucking communists come in here and they're like, you know what, or jihadists, and they're mm-hmm. like, we're gonna we're gonna turn America over, mm-hmm. and they start doing shit that's, you know, tr- treacherous. You know, they're traitors. They're, they're, what's, traitors, right? Tra- traitors. They want to, um, treason. That's okay. the crime. Treason's the crime. They want to commit the crime of treason. They want to overthrow, overthrow the American government. If you're an American citizen mm-hmm. that likes living in America, likes American freedom, and then a bunch of jihadists are here, a bunch of communists want to go, you know what, fuck the government, we're going to go communist. And they're trying to set up a way to blow up the White House and overthrow yeah, the government. Yeah, but what if, what if their, what if their goal is to get elected and do it? What if they say we're going to go through elections and then we want to make more communist policies and all this stuff? Is that illegal to do that? No, it's not illegal to do so that. So they can do that. But if their plan is to blow up the fucking White House and meet underground and overthrow the government in a violent way, they're committing a crime. And if you live in the society and you think that criminals should be stopped, then, I mean, you're saying, like, we don't want to, we don't want to stop the... the political descendants from doing their business. I mean, that, that's kind of a weird thing to say, I think. Um, no, I don't think it's weird. It's a little weird. I don't think so. 
I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying that you want those people to exist if, if the government gets out of hand. I think, but from the perspective of living in the society that you like and having people underground talking about overthrowing it, committing a crime. Yeah, I think so. Much like your camera thing. So this is the uh, the uh, another real debate with this all the stuff that Edward Snowden released about the 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 CIA metadata or the NSA meta, metadata program. Okay. Where they're collecting. He revealed that there's this giant program that basically collects who who calls who and when and where they were and all this kind of stuff. Not the content of it. So the question is: Is this is this constitutional? Is that a legal search to know who calls who in all these situations? Is that I mean, I'm completely against that. I think it should be completely legal for the government to hold that. I think if they have a particular person who they got a warrant to follow... You're against what? I'm against... I think it should be illegal for the government to collect such metadata. Okay. As in, I don't think they should be able to track anything anybody does unless they have a specific warrant for that person. Okay. As in, I don't... Because now they they collect it all and they say, oh, we found this... You know, this guy was... You know, this guy was into some shady activity... Who did they call? They called this person, this person, this person, this person. Okay, let's look at these people. Like here, they collected that before, before they ever knew there was anything illegal going on. So they like are getting all this. It's it's too much. It's too much power. I think it's. Uh, I don't like it. I th- I'm I'm pro. What do you What do you think is the risk there? The, what do, what, the what, risk? What do we do with that power that is that you find risky? Uh, being able to immediately squelch any or. Imprison people whose policies you don't agree with, right away, and having that surveillance system already in place now of who people not of of not people who are com, who are convicted of illegal activity but are merely associated with other people who are considered dangerous in some kind of a way. So we're that's we, what we're kind of this this goes this goes close to what happens in Minority Report, my favorite movie of all time, Free Crime. Pre-crime, yeah. So they have a, they, you know, they, they're building a case against people before they commit the crime. Mm-hmm. You know, they're doing that. Uh, Minority Report was a movie that argues against this philosophy, right? Seems like it, yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. But, but, I mean, this is just to me, that, I mean, I, I currently hate law enforcement. I hate the government. If you've been following me on social media, I think they're fucking up bad. The cops are the worst. I'm with that. And I get that, you know, individual police are there's abuse going on but as a whole like society fending off crime and fending off being overthrown i think are very reasonable endeavors and the ability to you know uh profile and understand what kind of people are likely to commit crimes and use that ability to stop crimes from happening is a positive thing for society so if a guy if there's a guy who's you know a convicted gun dealer, okay, and then some dude starts calling him a lot. He's making a lot of phone calls to a convicted, a convicted gun dealer. And then also he's calling a lot of people who are involved in terrorist movements. It's very likely that guy's planning something terroristic. And see, I'm fine with that as long as the data, as long as it's not, uh, as long as it requires a warrant to follow a particular person or group or something like that. That's signed off by a judge that has some sort of oversight involved which in the case of this metadata one there i don't think there was but what's, oversight well, i just don't see the i don't see the risk i don't see the risk you think that they'll find somebody who's innocent and get him that's the risk you're you're seeing um uh, well yeah that's yeah. i mean that's the risk 
So let's say that based on this evidence that they, you know, they got, he calls this arms dealer, he calls this terrorist organization, he's planning something weird. They take that data to a judge and say, judge, we need to investigate this guy's house to make sure he's not planning a fucking massacre, right? The judge says, okay, well, he's calling, a drug, he's calling an arms dealer, he's calling terrorists, search him. They go to his house, they search his house, they find a bunch of fucking AR-30s in his basement, like, like seven or eight of them, and a map that has a big star on a fucking, you know, church, whatever the fuck it is. And they get that guy. That's, a, that's great, right? Well... Um, or they don't find anything in the guy's basement and they go, oh, must be a mistake. But you said they had a warrant to begin with. No, they, they, used, they used the data of his call. They used his call information to get a warrant. But did they, well... They didn't have a warrant. They used the, they used the freely available you know, cellular data. Mm, go, he calls yeah, these two no, people. Yeah, no, I'm against it. I'm against it. I know you're against it. But, yeah. like, but what's the harm, though? They get a warrant based on data that, that's, that's reasonable. The harm, I mean, I think the harm is a bit... Uh, it's, a little, it's more existential, I guess, is that something I don't think is likely to happen now, but just building up a, an infrastructure of, of collecting all data and then finding crimes to fit later, Do you which I think that's against what the principles of the Constitution say, where, I mean, even the, the Constitution is like 100% pro-criminal. You could look at it like that. You say you, can't, you, you are not compelled to uh, testify against yourself. There must be a warrant for someone to search your premises, like against search and see. These are all pro-criminal things. I mean, these are all things that are designed to keep power away, retain power for people and keep power away from the government, like enshrined. I think, like the mass collection of that sort of thing, I think that's, it's a fuzzy line. I agree with you. I mean, but it's still like, you know what, for instance, they're collecting my, you know, I didn't do anything. They don't have a warrant on me. I didn't do anything. They're still collecting it. You know, I think that's just, uh, I think it's not... It's not in the spirit. It's in similar probably with the CCTV. I think watching me go by on the street, they're still like they're still observing me and they're still like they're still looking at me, looking for something to do. And you could say, yeah, if you're not doing anything wrong, why do you care? What do you have to hide? But then you could say that you could use that same argument against all these pro-criminal things I'd say in the Constitution. You know, if you're not getting anything wrong, why don't you want to testify against yourself? If you're not doing anything wrong, why don't you want to um, you know, why do you care if they have a warrant or not when they come into your house if you don't have anything? I mean, the whole point is that you don't have, you know, you the assumption is that you're innocent in all those cases. And I think the metadata thing or the CCTV, it's it's more fuzzy like that. Well, I, I think that the metadata, you're right, because it's your phone calls you're making. But the CCTV thing, I don't agree with. I mean, if it's, you're it's on public, public you're place. on public yeah. streets, yep. if you're breaking the traffic laws that, mm -hmm. you know, it's not private. You're not privately breaking stop sign rules. You're, you're running a stop sign. There could mm -hmm. be a child there. You hit him. You could be a guy going... You know, I mean, that's public shit. The, I, I can see where you're going with the cell phone thing. Although, you know, I, I kind of err on the side of stop as many crimes as possible. Mm -hmm. my, my, I'm more concerned with getting killed in a terrorist bombing. I mean, I'm not very concerned about it, but like, I, that, that concerns me more than the government falsely fucking with me. You know what I mean? From my perspective. Yeah. Like, I, I'd be okay if, if it gave me a 10% less likely chance of being exploded at the Mall of America because I go there and terrorists want to blow it up. I'll take a 10% more safety versus whatever percent it is that I'll get falsely accused from listening to my phone calls. But what's, I mean, I don't know, we talked about this in the hot tub one back in the day, but. That was a while ago. Yeah. I mean, I just think there's no, there's no amount of terrorist, like terrorism in and of itself and crime in and of itself is not going to overthrow the government of the United States. Everything is going to be going, the, everything is going to still go fine and you're still going to be able to say what you want Jesus. and write what you want and you're not going to get locked up for, 
you know, writing so about you're, some you're massacre. saying that won't happen? Uh, no, what I'm saying is that th- I think the bigger threat and the more important threat is the reduction of your liberties, is like the the scanning of your data and the, find, you know, trying to find a crime later after the fact. Then the individual, the, the small chance of like an actual terrorist event or an actual crime or something like that, I don't think those things pose any existential risk unless they change the other things. Like unless they say... You know, like they start, you know, locking up some journalist who writes about some atrocity that like, you you know, a drone blows up a hospital in Afghanistan, which happened. I mean, what if they say that's subversive? What if they say that's bad for morale and they say that's bad for the troops and they say that's sedition then to I would uh, say, write against that? Then, then I would I mean, say that's what you need to oppose is them saying that sedition and you shouldn't oppose them having the tools they need to enforce the law. You should oppose the laws that are unconstitutional, not the tools they need. You know what I mean? You should not oppose the hammer. You should oppose what you do with the hammer. That's kind of what I'm saying. But I do well. I think the in particular the the collection of metadata. I think that I I pose that as a as a uh, as a tool. I think that tool is illegal. Now let me ask you this: What you're saying, all this kind of stop them from doing whatever. Do you think that there's any chance you have of, of keeping that as technology progresses? Uh, not it's, particularly. It's inevitable that. When we have like a when a drone is the size of a mosquito, mm-hmm. all of that is inevitable. Oh yeah, you're right. You're then right. the government, instead of tracking your phone calls, they won't. They'll just mm-hmm. hover a mosquito right on your shoulder and listen mm-hmm. to your phone calls, and that's mm-hmm. completely legal mm-hmm. because that's just them eavesdropping on public property, right? Like that's just them recording public property information. It's not your phone call. It's just your sound waves, right? I mean, is that? I mean, I think that's inevitable. Drone with the way the drones are advancing right now, the way you know all of our technology is going, they're not going to need to track your phone. They're going to be able to just get the sound out of the air, you know, from whatever the fuck's going on. And they'll have all the information anyway. That's pretty far off. Well, I mean, what's pretty far? How many years is pretty far off in your mind? 20 years before we have mosquito-sized drones they can record and Bluetooth fucking data around? Yeah. I mean, 50 years is not a long time, you know? I don't know. I think it still matters. No, I mean, I, mean, I think I, it matters. It totally to matters. But I'm just it, saying, I like, mean, it, it, when a mosquito can just record your voice... You know, the government mosquito records your voice. Or your thoughts. You know, maybe, yeah, further down the line, it's your thoughts. Uh, but that's not, you. how do you make that illegal for a government mosquito to record sound waves in a public street? Like, how do you stop the government from yeah. doing that? I don't think, I don't know if that's illegal now. I mean, I, I think, I mean, I'm it's not, not, I'm not sure. Now. You I can, think, you can eavesdrop, yeah. eavesdrop right now. Mm-hmm. You know, but what if they have if they have mosquitoes that eavesdrop for it for them? And every fucking you know, every ten feet, there's a mosquito that just sits in the wall, like a fly in the wall. But I mean, that's the same. That's the same argument as the CCTV. I mean, that's the but same I, thing. But it's that's just better. You're, you're the, C- yeah. the mosquito is just better. But I'm just saying, like that mosquito can record your phone calls. Oh, why? Because it can hear your voice. It can record your audio. What if I'm in my home? Oh, in your home it can. But in in public it can. So okay. every every phone call that every conversation and phone call that takes place in a public in public property, the government will be able to record via a, a bug sized drone that is off to the wall, you know, and it that's completely legal, and they will never need to get permission to get public information like that. So they'll have it all. Like you can't really fight that off right now, you know, not the way, not with the laws we have. Currently. You could, I mean, you could fight it with a law that says you're not allowed to have the the government's not allowed to have mosquito drones recording all conversations and all video i mean that's a law that could that could exist yeah i mean that's possible they could make that law i don't know i just i think the line needs to be held 
It's hard. That. It's hard because you got to keep technology keeps advancing, and you know, it's, right. it, or like encryption. I mean, this all you know. You hear all these governments wanting to be uh, wanting to end encryption, and some of the high ranking people of like FBI and things saying they need backdoor. They need backdoors built into encryption, like iPhone and Android, that you can encrypt all your shit, and it's impossible. You can't get it out. Like maybe with if you're using some supercomputer, you could you could unencrypt all those devices, but. The encryption wins over decryption in terms of time and effort required. So a lot of government agencies are saying, I know in Britain this is big too. They're saying they want they want a backdoor. They say it's not. They say people shouldn't be able to have encrypted communications because then even if we have a warrant, what are we supposed to do? I mean, if we have a warrant to search someone, but they're sending texts that are completely encrypted, we have nothing. They can't get them. So they say companies, you need to build a backdoor for us. And the company is like, well, you know, we're not going to. I mean, unless we'll maybe they'll be compelled to. I mean, what do you think about that? Should you be able to have a completely private conversation, no matter what, over a certain medium? I think the answer is absolutely yes. And I agree. That's it's horrible for national security. It's horrible for crime. Very pro criminal. But uh, Hmm. I mean, I think there's other. There must be other ways. There, there has to. There, there should. I mean, I don't know. I think I would think about that for a while. I mean, the argument is that if there's any backdoor, then other people can exploit that. Right. I don't think that really needs to be proved that that's how it. That's interesting. How it works, but. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, we've had this conversation many times, but it's interesting how we don't really agree on it at all. <laughs> what do you think? Do you think you should? Do you think I, the government I, should have a backdoor in all encryption? You know, I mean, I, if a government, if the, if there's, if they have a warrant and the guy is very legitimately trying to construct some kind of a bomb or a mass destruction device you know what i mean and he is doing all of it over encrypted network then but see that's not the question i'm asking i'm asking that the the specific case where the warrant should or shouldn't be issued yeah. is irrelevant compared to should the government should companies be compelled to give a backdoor yeah well, to I'm, government I'm, to, I'm, I'm illustrating when that would need it yeah right? i mean you can make up the most you know you can make up some horrible thing you know someone's gonna nuke the entire world or right. something or like kill but a in that case children. but in that case the answer is definitely yes you know don't let that guy nuke the world you know what I mean? I don't want I don't want you know the world nuked because we can't break. But a then, fucking iPhone but but then by message. your same by your same logic, you could use that to remove all individual rights anyone has. You could say in the case of someone going to nuke the world, why do you need a warrant? Why do they need to be able to say you know what if what if someone had what if they're all right crazy hypothetical here? Let's say someone finds out there's some spell you can say you say like oh you know blah blah you know makes say some gibberish. And for whatever reason, that just makes like the ten people you're looking at catch on fire and spontaneously die. Okay. So then, you could say, I mean, yeah, uh, like, uh, then of course free speech should not be allowed. You shouldn't be able to say that. You shouldn't be able to write that in a blog post. You shouldn't be able to send that in a text. Nobody should. That should be suppressed for sure. I mean, it's like kind of a no-brainer. Like, I almost agree. Of course that. I'm just saying you can come up with as extreme a scenario you want. To like justify one of these things. I mean, you could say the guy with, who's going to nuke the world. Like, of course, you don't well, need a warrant yeah. to get into his house, and like this and that. Like, yeah. I mean, the the I mean, the risk the risk there is that somebody else would use that information and get your stuff. But I think even the I mean, yeah, I guess I don't know. But let's say it was impossible for it to be exploited. Let's say it can only be accessed when the government gets a warrant when they think you're doing something bad, and then they get a look at your encrypted stuff and then see that you're. But see, I don't. I don't. You have just a very. You have a very uh, curious mistrust, but ultimate trust for the government at the same time. 
As in, you hate, you're like, I hate the government, I hate cops. However, yeah. you want them to be able to basically do anything to anybody because, if, if, well, because if they not, think they should be able no, to. I no, mean, like, because the word, see, the word think is wrong. If, if I'm, I'm, I'm arguing for maximum facts. Right now, currently, let's say currently, you're transferring encrypted messages and they suspect you're a criminal. They can assume you're a criminal because you're sending encrypted messages. And then they can like get you, you know, they can get you. Somehow, because they're like, well, he's probably sending he's probably sending bomb shit on his crypto messages. We can't see him, but that mystery lets us play with it and demonize Adam alone. You know what I mean? Whereas the facts are, you're not sending anything bad in your crypto messages. You could show it to him, and they're like, oh, he's just sending fucking love notes to some you know random girl, and it's not a problem at all. Like I'm arguing for maximum transparency because that reduces the amount of power the government has. They can't pretend shit. They can't assume shit and they can't lie, you know, because if it's like the word of a cop versus the word of a, a alleged criminal, the word of a cop is stronger. You know what I'm saying? Not, not given all the information available. He's a, he's a respected law officer. This guy's a drug addict with a history of burglary. Who are you going to trust? People are going to trust the cop. But if you have all the information, all the footage, all the cell phone records, then you know that guy's innocent and he's not going to get falsely accused. You know, so that's what I'm arguing against. My my mistrust of the government is exactly why I want maximum transparency in all the shit they do. So, because, so you're saying, because your mistrust of the government is why you want them to be able to read all encrypted communication. Not all of it. Only when they have a reasonable reason to use it, given by a judge who is, I hope, a reasonable okay, person. Okay, but if they have the technology, do you, I mean, do you think there's a potential for misuse? I mean, they can do it. Like, is the, ju is the judge the one with the password that, like, actually lets them do it? Who designs all this shit? I mean, I who, like, they make the back door. Like, there's a bunch of dorks, like, who are making all this happen. They have some boss and some, I mean, like, these are, like, gigantic. I think, like, uh, yeah, no, just, like, less, less power, less power always. Pro-criminal. Pro-criminal. Pro-criminal anti-government. Less power for government. Hmm. I mean, I'm also in general. I'm just, all, I just don't. I don't see this as as power for the government. I to see read this all encryption. I see this, but not. You know, you just keep saying all of it, but it's not all of it. It's only suspected criminals. It's only warranted searches. I would be opposed to all encryption. But like, okay, what if? All right. I mean, I mean, are you against? I mean, where where do you draw the line? Are you against warrants too? Then they can't search anybody ever. Uh, no, I think warrants make sense. Well, well, I mean, what if somebody's got a locked locker with a combination lock and they cut that lock? Good question. How is that? How is cutting that lock different than cutting their encryption lock on their? Good question. Yeah, I mean that's that's what's going on. This technology is different. Like you can't just keep you know falling back to the Constitution. I mean, you, you, it's good. You know what I mean? But like when they wrote that is is very different world than where we're at now. You know, can they? When can you search a locked box? What's the difference between a locked box and a locked cell phone? Good question. I don't We're, know the answer to that. Yeah, I mean that's that's what's going on. To me, I'm like, well, if you got a, if you have a reasonable reason to to search a guy because he might have a bomb, you can search his phone because that's where the bomb plans are. Like you're not going to find it in a fucking locker anymore. The world's changed. Lockers are not where you keep your shit anymore. You keep it in the cloud. But how do you get the cloud? Criminals can just use the cloud and escape all law enforcement. I mean that's fucked up. You got to catch the criminals. You got to stop the bombings. You got to stop the shootings. I mean that's what I'm about. There's no stopping them. Well, no matter what. I mean, I don't know what that. I don't know there's why. not. There's not. There's not. There's no. It, there's no. If there's no stop. Did you listen to that Dan Carlin one? Uh, the uh, 
you should really common sense. I podcast. listened to all, every one of them. Which one are you talking listen, about? Uh, the war against bad ideas. Listen to it. Yeah. Absolutely. What do you think? I mean, he's I'm on his side, or he's on my side, or you know, whichever, however you want to look at it. He's I mean, he's basically saying there's no there's no you know there's no beating it by violence, or there's no beating it by stopping it. Like the only you know the only way to win is to not change the laws and not make it yeah yeah a, a I mean, totalitarian kind of a state. I mean, I get what yeah I mean I I listened to it and I understood it you know but. I think that you know. I mean, it's it's a you know it's hard even I you know I'm just reiterating the same thing I've always said. But you can't keep the law enforcement from using technology that exists for everybody else. You can't give everyone an unfair advantage and then repress the law enforcement that keeps our society civil. But then, but I mean, you could use the same argument to say people sh- you sh- to say individuals should be compelled to testify against themselves in a court of law. And individuals should be able, should, people should be subject to any search no matter what. You could use the same logic. You say that's ham, that's stopping law enforcement from solving crimes or from doing stuff. I mean, if you don't have, if some cop drive, you know, if they don't, you know, they just think they just want to go in someone's house. They just have a hunch. They just think you got like a bomb in your basement. I mean, legally they can't do it. Like they still need a warrant to do that. So you, I mean, I'm just saying you could use your same logic to erode these other individual liberties what, people what, have. What technology allow in this example of what I'm saying? What allows them to search your house right now? On a well, hunch. I mean, in theory, I don't think they can. They need to get a warrant to search. I yeah. Mean, so if, what if the law is being followed? Based on when you say based on my logic, what logic am I basing it on? What technology gives them the right to search your house now that they that I would argue they can use, and you're saying they can't? Um. Well, I I think the encryption thing is a. Uh, I think the the metadata thing falls into what we're arguing about. The metadata thing the is encryption they, one doesn't. The metadata is when they they scan all phones. They scan all. Well, they know they know who calls who all the time. Okay. Then I yeah I mean I could see I I would say they can't do that unless they have a warrant. Okay. I I think you're right about that. I guess the encryption one's tougher though because you're right. The exa- your example of the safe a safe is a safe inside a house where they have a warrant to get. Mm-hmm. I mean yeah I would think yeah I mean yeah drill into the safe break it and like see what's inside find right. the plans right. But I am against. Yeah, I guess just yeah. your safes in your pocket now. Yeah, I don't know. I just it, se- it seems worse overall. Why don't you give us your feedback in the comments about what mm-hmm. you think about this? Um, this is interesting. I, I'm I'm happy that we disagree on this. So pull by in a polarized way. Yeah, but both have you know pretty reasonable arguments. I would say mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. That there's a, a nice talking point here. Well, we better go to picks. I think, huh? Yep. Why don't you tell us about Push Bullet while I pee? Wow, by myself, huh? You tell them about Push Bullet. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll listen. So, uh, there's this mobile app I really like uh, called Push Bullet. Um, basically, here's the problem I was trying to solve. I'm at work. I find some article on my computer, but I want to go take a shit, and I want to read the article while I'm taking a shit. So how am I going to load up the article on my phone? Like I could go to the site I found it on or I could like type in the URL, but that takes like quite a long time, especially on the mobile phone keyboard. Pushbullet, you put a, you install a Pushbullet app on your phone. I'm sure they have iOS. I use Android myself. You install the extension on Chrome or like I think they have a desktop app too. So you're on your article on Chrome. You just click the Pushbullet thing and hit enter and my phone, bam, pops up as a push notification and I see it and I'm, you know, sitting there shitting 
and uh, reading this article I want to see. Uh, so you can send any links. You can send it back to your computer from your phone. You can send files as well. Uh, it seems uh, really good. Um, I am in, in no way affiliated with Pushbullet either. I just like it because I like to not type in a URL before I have to go take a shit. I heard everything. Uh, I use a similar app, uh, a Chrome extension called Pocket or possibly Git Pocket, which I think does the same thing. Sounds like it. You have a Chrome extension and when you read an article you like, you click the Pocket button and it adds it to a cloud account called Pocket, and then you can access that from an iPhone app, and then it has all the things you pocketed previously, you can access them. <coughs> when you say you can share files, though, that you can't share files in Pocket. You can yeah, this, bookmark things. Yeah, the Push Bullet one, uh, there's a limit. If you get the free version, you can only send files of a certain size, but you can send uh, whatever file you want if you pay. Sounds pretty good. That's a lot how I get my topics mm -hmm. for the podcast, is I read blogs and I pocket them, and then when mm -hmm. like on Thursday, usually, or Friday, when I'm getting prepped for my podcast, I look at my all the stuff I've pocketed, mm -hmm. and then I go, okay, that's a good topic, that's a good topic. So if you don't use something like that, it's a great idea to store a cool blog post to read for later, or like anything, threads or YouTube videos, whatever you like. What do you got here? Uh, oh, yes. Uh, I've been listening to this as an audiobook. Um, it's called The People's History of the United States by uh, Howard Zinn. I think it was pretty famous. Uh, it was written in like the 80s, but... Uh, yeah, it's really good. It's I mean, as the title suggests, it's like a history of the United States, but told through, like, from the people's perspective, who in almost every case, they're just getting totally fucked. I mean, it's like the... I heard I heard about this from Dan Carlin's, from um, mm -hmm. one of his podcasts or something, but he brought this up and he said it was kind of the response to, like, the traditional 50s era, like, U.S. history textbook, where everything was... Pro-America. Yeah, everything's pro-America. I even... I talked to my mom about this, and she said... She said when she was in school, she never they never talked about white slavery as a cause for the Civil War at all. Hmm. She said it was wow. a you know a southern a rebellion you know rebellion to overthrow or whatever. How about that? So it's kind of interesting. You know that was just her experience. You know in the in the sixties growing up reading those textbooks. Hmm. But I I also thought it was interesting. Dan Carlin, you know, told that said uh, this book is kind of a response to like the pro America history of everything. And I remember, I've actually learned about a lot of these things in the school I went to, like some of the, you know, the bad things that um, the U.S. government did. But it's really, you know, I'd say very depressing and it doesn't make me proud. It's an audio book. No, it's a I, book. I listen to it as an audio book, it's a but book. It's, a, it's a book too. But yeah, I mean, it's... I like uh, it. You know, pretty pretty disgusting, some of the things that are talking it's about. It's important there. to know that, you know, every nation's disgusting and the people in power always do shit that's horrible, like all the time. No matter how good you think it is, like mm -hmm. the people to get to where to get to power, you have to do kill a lot of fucking bodies. You know that, that shit's real. You know, like uh, the Native American shit was horrible. Slavery was horrible. America did a lot of disgusting shit. You know, and every country did. America's not worse than you know every other country, but you got to know that shit. You got to know that mm -hmm. you're you're not better than others. That's what really is important. You know, it's really easy to go, well, we're better than other people. You know, but it's you're not. You know, it's our nation is just as bloody history as Germany and fucking France and all the other mm -hmm. fucking countries. That's it. I would like to check that out. It's really good. Uh, I got a little. I got a little thing. So I've really gotten. I've had a. I've I've experienced a renaissance of board gaming lately. I really like board games all of a sudden again. Uh, but I was talking to my boy Mitch about board games, and he said you would play Liar's Dice. And I said never. And he told me how to play Liar's Dice, and it's it's the greatest game. You may have, if you know about Liar's Dice, you may have gotten it from Red Dead Redemption, the Xbox game, which is one of the tavern games you can play at the local saloons, is Liar's Dice. It's also featured in uh, 
Pirates of the Caribbean 2 on uh, the, the the pirate ship Davy Jones had on the Flying Dutchman. They played Liar's Dice. But here's how the game works, okay? All you need is dice. So you need five dice per, per, per person, six-sided dice. You roll dice and I roll dice. It could be any number of players, okay? You keep them hidden from me. So you have all your dice rolled and I have all my dice rolled. So it, me and you, there's 10 dice total. You have five and I have five. Then one of us starts, like me, and I'll say there are, in all dice in the whole game, among all dice, there are five threes. And then you can look at your dice, and then mm -hmm. you can either call me a liar, in which case we, we open all the dice up and look. Mm -hmm. Or you can raise the bet, either in quantity or in number. Mm -hmm. So then you can say there are six fives, or there are five sixes. And then I would have to call you a liar or reveal. And then once you do the reveal, whoever loses, one of their dice is removed. Mm -hmm. And they go down to four dice. And then you play the same game again mm -hmm. until one player is all out of dice and that player loses. You can play it with you know, any number of people and it's very enjoyable to play with any number of people. And it's a great drinking game. It's a great gambling game. And it's just a great kind of just gambling game. I would recommend trying it out. You know, Are you good at it? I, 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 would, I don't know. I've only played like four or five games, but it's, it's fun. It's very enjoyable. And you definitely can be good at it in the same kind of bluffing style that poker has. Mm -hmm. This would be more bluff-centric, but there's a, lot of, there's a lot of probability in it. And there's a good amount of bluffing and reading. You can read people and see, like, I think he's full of shit. You know, you can mm -hmm. see people are, are awkward about what they're saying. You can kind of get them. It's awesome. But at the same time, if you're playing with three players, you don't know what the third guy's got. Mm -hmm. So you can still, like, there's a lot of stuff going on. I have played this before. I, I agree. I think it's fun. Yeah. And then... Uh, on the same token of board games, my boy Serlin, who has made a lot... Of, I own every game he's made. He's the... Oni? No. Yomi. Uh, Yomi. Right. He made Yomi. He made Puzzle Strike. He made a game called Pandante, which I, I have all three of them. I kickstarted all of them, and I got them all. And I got the expansions for all of them, too. I spent a lot of money on this fucking guy. He's got a new game coming out, which by the time this podcast is out, should be a Kickstarter that's ready on Monday, called Codex. And it's a new game he's making. It's a card game that's based on a real-time strategy game like StarCraft. But it's a card game representation of a game like StarCraft. He's very good at making games. Uh, I'm going to kickstart it for sure. And uh, I would say look into it if you like board games at all. And look at all his other games. Serlin games. Let's check it out. That's all. That's it. That's it. We're done.